nonprofit MBA purpose is to provide new business insights and fresh creative ideas for executive directors and their teams that will help them improve their organization. Here is your host, Stephen Holastic. Welcome, everyone. My name is Stephen Holastic. I'll be your host for today's nonprofit MBA podcast. I am co-founder of Financing Solutions, and Financing Solutions is the leading provider of lines of credit for small nonprofits in the United States. We've been doing it for 12 years. We have a great, great product that nonprofits love. And, you know, everybody needs a line of credit just in case, you know, it doesn't cost anything to set up. It's really a great product. Um, and when you need it, you're glad you have it. If you're interested in learning more or getting a quote on what it would cost, please visit nonprofitmbapodcast.com. Again, nonprofitmbapodcast.com. And today we have a sponsor, Arrays, A-R-A-I-Z-E. Arrays is really, really great um, accounting software for small to medium-sized uh, nonprofits. Um, I've said this a million times before, but I'll say it again. It's always a smart idea to get software. It's built specifically for your industry. They just really know what they're doing. Um, I know the owner of Arrays and, you know, they're, they're, it's software that's built for nonprofits by CPAs and, you know, I really think it's a good product. I actually am on the board of a nonprofit. We just moved to a raise uh, software. And uh, if you're interested, visit their website at A-R-A-I-Z-E.com or you can call Joe at 866-840-7449 and tell him Steve sent him, sent you. Um, and today I'm very excited to be speaking with Dolph Goldenberg from Successful Nonprofits. Adolf Goldenberg is the principal consultant at Successful Nonprofits, a progress and value, values-based consulting firm serving nonprofits throughout North America. In addition to providing executive transition, executive coaching, strategic planning, and board development services, Dolph also hosts the Successful Nonprofit podcast and is a frequent guest on other nonprofits. Dolph is the Yoda of nonprofits of the nonprofit sector and a guide and coach who ensures that you are the hero of your own story. Dolph, welcome to today's nonprofit MBA podcast. Stephen, thank you so much for having me. I'm grateful to be here. So today's uh, a topic, which I'm always a big fan of, is you know strategic planning and making sure that you have a strategic plan, and more importantly, that you that you you execute on that plan. Uh, one thing is having a strategic plan. Another thing is uh, is really following it and using it as a guide. So today's topic, nonprofit strategic thinking, isn't just for strategic planning, um, which really gets into the subject matter in depth. Um, uh, Dolph, when we're talking about strategic thinking, really, what are we talking about? That, that is such a good question. You know, so often organizations will spend months and sometimes even close to a year doing strategic planning. And, and during that period of time, board members, staff leaders, others put on like their strategic thinking cap. And then somehow when the plan planning process has ended and like, okay, we've got a great plan. Suddenly people are like, okay, we're, we're going to take that cap off and we're just going to be thinking about executing on the plan. And honestly, that is, that is such a tragic loss for those organizations because it's really about strategic thinking. And, and that's one of the most powerful things that strategic planning can, can give to you is not just your roadmap, but a new way of thinking. And so it, the strategic thinking includes everything from 
making decisions about your your hiring new staff members to uh, determining the way you're going to prioritize your time and and schedule your time, uh, as well as every other really decision that you face as an organization or as a professional or a board member. Yeah, you know, isn't it great when you have somebody either in the organization at a high level or on the board who constantly reminds everybody in the room when you're off your strategic plan? You know, like they and you, and they say, "Wait a minute, was that part of our strategic plan?" or you know what? That's not part of our strategic plan. Or let's go back and see where our strategic plan says. If we, if we want to make adjustments, we can. But let's at least look at the plan and see where we are because then you get, you know, project creep or, you know, I never think I heard the plan, uh, the uh, the concept strategic plan creep. But um, but that is of such value, isn't it? It is. And, and I'll say like the best organizations, and we often do this with our strategic planning clients now, the best organizations actually develop a dashboard so that the board and you know your management team, those senior leaders in your organization are able to kind of track and that helps them stay on track. But even more than that, the other thing that we often are now helping our clients with is also to create what we think of as, as a decision screen. And, and that's essentially a screen that when you're facing a key decision, you, you can run you can run that decision through the screen. And most screens have about between nine and maybe 13 or 14 decision points that you go through. So you can ultimately decide, is, is this the right strategic decision for us or not? You know, and I'm going to say something to you, Dolph, that I, I wonder if you're going to be in agreement on or not. Um, I, I really, I've always done strategic plans, right? But I, I, what I've learned to do is to keep it on one page. And I find that when strategic plans get too long, that they become, that you don't look at them as much. So I'm, I think one of the things I could counteract if you're going to have a long strategic plan, strategic plan is, you can have the long strategic plan, but take the summary parts and put it on a one page. And by the way, the, my one page has three columns in it. I use little type, but you know, it's, and it's, it's, and it changes over time. I don't mean the strategic part of it. I sometimes read about something that someone's doing in their strategic plan. And I really like it. And so I, I add that section to it. I get rid of sections that maybe didn't weren't very helpful. I don't mean the inner workings. I just mean the, the methodology and the process. What what do you think about that idea of making your strategic plan a little bit more workable? So th- th- it is so funny that you asked that question because I often joke that at successful nonprofits we create unfashionably long strategic plans. Um, and I will share with you that all of our plans start with a one-page executive summary, which is probably what what most people look at. So, you know, if you share your strategic plan with a funder, they're probably not going to read all, frankly, 40 or 50 pages of, of what has been developed by the end of the planning process. But they are going to read, you know, the that executive summary. I'll share with you the reason we draft such again, unfashionably long strategic plans is we want a plan that is useful in all areas for your organization. And so we typically spend about 40 to to 
50 to sometimes even 60% of the real estate, you know, the total number of pages of your strategic plan, frankly, on just the environmental scan. And, and what we do is we summarize that environmental scan in a way where it's sort of a funnel. So you start big and then you, you move your way down into, okay, here's how we made the decisions about what our strategic priorities are, what our annual objectives are, et cetera. And, uh, the reason that we want to make sure we include that environmental scan is not because we think everybody's going to read it, but we believe that your strategic plan should be able to be used almost almost cut and paste into grant proposals. You know, all, almost all grant proposals ask that you justify the need. It should be used, and again, this is where I think that strategic thinking comes in. It should be used in onboarding new staff members as well as new board members. So, you know, so that way, ideally, if you've got a new senior leadership team member or a new board member and they read that environmental scan, They've been on that four-month journey with the with the strategic planning work group, and they've they now better understand why you have the priorities that you have as an organization. I I'll also share with you the rest of the plan. Honestly, are are kind of the the actionable areas. So, okay, this is what we're going to do in year one and year two and in year three, as well as the quarterly plans. Here's what we're going to do in Q1, Q2, Q3, et cetera, during the first year to 18 months. The, the other thing that we do, and this is also part of what makes our strategic plans so much longer, whenever we need to work through an additional document that's really necessary for the implementation of the plan, we include that as an appendices. And the reason we put that in as an appendices is we recognize you may not want to share that with funders, but you probably need that document. And so, for example, the decision matrix I was just talking about, that's often an appendix. The, the dashboard is an appendix. If if we look at this from like, oh, you know, the board really needs a scorecard. And by the way, that means your board has agreed that they need a scorecard as well. Then, then that scorecard becomes an appendix. And so it's funny, like, you know, when, when you look at our plans, really they're designed to support not just their implementation, but the funding of your organization, the operation of your organization, and good governance for your board. You know, I, I forgot about the idea that a lot of times strategic plan is used uh, for parts of it to be put into grant applications, and that makes sense. So I don't think you need, I, I think my recommendation and tell me what you think of this, Dolph, because I haven't done it. So I don't like talking. I haven't done it for a nonprofit. What I have, <clears throat> the nonprofit that I'm on the board of, I, f I forced them to do a strategic plan. But Good I for kept, you. Yeah, but I kept them on one page. And they were small, so it wasn't a big deal. But I think I would do this. I, I would have an executive summary that would be used for um, grant applications and, and big donors and those type of things. And then I would have <clears throat> another one pager that's, that is the, I don't know, I have to think of a better name, the executional plan. And that's the one where it has all the key things that you're going to be doing this year, next year, five years, your mission statement, your values, your culture, everything's right there, right? And then comes the 12, 15, 100 page details that maybe you probably update once every five years, honestly, but <clears throat> maybe when a new board member comes on, you give it to them and they can get into the culture a lot easier knowing what the, what's going on. What, what do you, as, an, as the expert in it, what do you think about that idea? So I, 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 I'm fully in alignment with that. I mean, again, typically we do draft longer plans and we, we believe there are multiple ways organizations can use it. We also 
always recommend to our clients, and and we we aren't marketing consultants, so we're very clear we're not the ones to do this next piece. But we also recommend to our clients that they engage a marketing professional to really create a public facing three or four page summary of the plan that ideally, you know, that, you know, back in the olden days when we did everything in paper, you know, you know, the, the, you know, this literally would have been like a three or four page brochure, if you will. But, you know, but literally it's just a PDF. It's full color, should have pictures, not nearly as much text, but so that the average person, your hundred dollar donor, your thousand dollar donor, your volunteer could look and go, oh, I get what the organization's doing and I get where they're going. Do you provide a methodology or template that people can just plug and play with? So I'll, so I'll share with you, and we're relatively open source. And so at our website, we we actually talk about um, in depth what our what our process is. And so our process is kind of is kind of plug and play. Um, you know, so the environmental scan looks similar for most organizations. Uh, the board retreat will look similar, and then the post work looks similar. But each strategic plan honestly is so unique because it's completely unique to that organization and and so we we pretty much start writing each one almost from scratch um are you asked to be are you asked to come on to help boards think through the strategic plans Absolutely. A lot of what we actually do is, is strategic planning facilitation. When we do that, we create a work group. Uh, the work group is typically composed of about eight to maybe 10 people and includes a couple staff leaders, always the chief executive, a few board members, and then maybe one or two community members. And, and then we take that work group through the process of the environmental scan, really reviewing mission, vision, values, thinking about a, a big, brave goal that the organization wants to achieve over a longer period of time. And then helping the work group really present all of that at a board retreat and get full board, not just buy-in, but honestly, get get the full board to make that, make those recommendations their own, which sometimes means making some changes to those recommendations. And from there, for the most part, we'll typically work with with the senior staff leaders to actually create the implementation plan. Most board members, unless you're unless you're a board of a very small organization, most board members are operating at such a high level that they're really not able to get into the weeds in a knowledgeably way and say, okay, here's what we would need to do in quarter one or quarter two to make this annual goal a reality. And that's where we work with the senior leadership team. I wonder if having said that, uh, if the board comes up with this incredible strategic plan and it can't be executed, <laughs> then what good is it really? And I mean, does it ever make sense to have someone else other than the executive director? I mean, in addition to the executive director at the board meetings, because, you know, it's the, those are the people, the you know, the other, the other people at the organizations that are going to be executing. Is that ever I guess maybe just going over the plan once, I don't know. What do you think? So so I, I always say, ultimately, it's really your chief executive's call whether or not they have other staff members in the meeting. But most chief executives will have other senior leaders in the in the board meeting with them for at least some period of the time. I, I will say, though, that everybody who's involved in creating the plan has a role in making sure it's realistic. And so, you know, we need those board members who are going to be the devil's advocate, who are going to say, hey, I don't know if we can actually achieve 
goal number two. And let's talk about why. And then let's also have a conversation about what would need to be different so that we could achieve that goal. Your Whoever's facilitating your strategic planning process also kind of has that obligation. I'll share with you, I very recently, when I say recently, in the last few days, had a conversation with a client where we're facilitating the strategic planning project. And they've honestly, they front loaded too much of the work. And so, you know, so when we look at like their three-year work timeline, they're, they're planning to get 80% done in the first year. And then the last 20% of the next two, when we looked at that and we're like, oh yeah, if, if you try to get all of this done in year one, you're either going to burn out or just be phenomenally unsuccessful and give up. You need to look at how you spread this out over three years, maybe even four years so you can get it done. And so I, I think there's that truth telling, but you know, I, I know Stephen, we were also going to talk some about strategic thinking. Yes. And this is, this is also where I think strategic thinking comes in once your plan is done, once the board has approved it. I have been saying to executive directors that once your plan is approved, you need to set aside at least, and by the way, this is a minimum, at least four hours of work time every week to move the plan forward. And if you have a senior leadership team, so you know, if you if you have other people at the director level that report to you, you need to ask them to do the same. And people are often amazed that if they can just take four four hours, or you know, roughly eight to ten percent of a work week, um, and to just focus on the plan and ask yourself, okay, this is what we need to get done this month on the plan. What can I move forward today? People are surprised at how much progress they can make by just dedicating that time. What, what so often happens though is, you know, the board approves the plan, everyone's excited, there's a lot of enthusiasm, but both board members and the chief executive, the next day return to all the same old fires. You know, 120 emails again today, oh my gosh, I've got to approve payables, I've got to do this, I've got to do that. Board members, same thing, you know, they, they have a life outside of the board, but then also the regular fires of being on the board. Oh wait, you know, we need to gear up for the annual gala. As board members, we need to go out and do our recruitment. Uh, campaign to get more board members, whatever it is. And so I think I think it's really critical that you create that space and that time so that you can make sure you're moving the plan forward. And the other thing I'll just quickly say is those numbers add up. So if you're the executive director and you dedicate just that minimum of four hours per week, and let's assume, you know, you take some vacations, but you know, but you know, but so so let's assume you're working about 48 weeks out of the year. That, that means four weeks out of the year, you're not working. Over the course of a year, you will have worked almost 200 hours at moving the plan forward. That's almost five full-time weeks. And if you have a few senior leadership team members, suddenly you know, you're putting together almost half a year of full-time work between you and your senior leadership team just dedicating the four hours a week. It sounds like a lot of time to me, four hours a week to, to working you know, to implement the strategic plan. But I guess it depends on the size of the organization really, well, right? Well, well, so so I'll share with you. It depends, right? So you know, it depends. Do you want do you want staff leaders in your organization to be managers, or do you want them to be leaders? Do you you know? So you know, oh, yeah. so m m much like, and I get that. I get that executive directors are not owners of their organization, but you kind of have to think like an owner. You know, so so in the same way that you know, like if you're the owner of a one million, two million, five million dollar organization. If you're not spending four hours a week thinking about how you're going to be achieving your your businesses or your organization's big goals, you're probably not actually going to achieve them. And so no one can drive that forward like 
like your executive director. And let me say that probably means, you know, that your executive director, as an example, you know, is might not be sitting down and actually creating um, a spreadsheet, but they might be having a key meeting that will then result in that spreadsheet being created. And you know, that key meeting might take 30 minutes, it might take an hour. It could be that, you know, they they need to pick up the phone and be calling people to build relationships or have conversations or to make core decisions. But what so often happens in these leadership positions, again, and I get this because I've been an executive director and, and I also do a lot of interim executive director work. I get that there's daily fire as an executive director. <clears throat> Every day you have, you know, a hundred, two hundred emails. Every day you have staff members asking, can I have a minute? And it's really 30 minutes. And before you know it, weeks have gone by and you haven't done anything to move the plan forward. Is there, uh, do the boards, once you're working with them, to build a strategic plan, the strategic planning and thinking process, do they have you stay on board well after to make sure that they're being held accountable to following the strategic plan? That I I love that question. Sometimes we do what we call strategic plan coaching. And really with that, we're primarily working with the executive director and sometimes with the board chair too. But but really like like honestly, a big part of the strategic plan coaching and, and would we do it. We end up meeting every other week with the chief executive, and you know, and and it's interesting because what we then try to do is we we try to we try to help the chief executive take those quarterly goals, so you know, a quarter is three months, and break it down into six two week chunks because it's amazing how how digestible six two week chunks are, and say, okay, what are you going to get done in this two week period? What are you going to get done in the next two week period? And it's not even that we're there, you know, as as the people that are overseeing the task and making sure that the executive director is getting it done. It's really more so that way, A, the executive director knows, hey, in two weeks, I'm going to check in on this. And, and I, most executive directors are people that uh, that are high performers. And so they want to perform knowing that check-in is going to happen. But then the other thing that also happens is, you know, oftentimes we'll run into an obstacle and we'll just be flummoxed by it. So we'll go, oh, I, I couldn't get it done. And, and then we'll put it on the back burner because we're quote unquote thinking about it. And two months later, we're still thinking about it. But knowing that you're going to be talking to your to your implementation coach and you're going to go, oh, I ran into an obstacle and your coach is like, okay, well, let's brainstorm four or five ways you could overcome that obstacle. Suddenly, suddenly you're not going to spend three months trying to figure it out. You're going to spend a couple of weeks and before you know it, you will have achieved it. I have an idea of a question I want to ask you. I'm not sure how to ask it, um, not because it's inappropriate, but in have you been in situations where the board chairman of the organization wants to do a strategic plan? They You do it with everybody, the, the executive director, everybody. You come up with this, this great strategic plan. It's, um, and then you kind of find out the executive director is not really – a leader or a manager that they're more of a worker bee. And let's say there might even be the founder. Um, what do you do? You coach them up? So, so great question. Oftentimes when we're talking to prospective clients, and I should not even say often, because we always talk about this when we're talking to prospective strategic planning clients, we always want to be very clear. And so we ask the question, we ask, 
are is there a financial crisis? Is there a leadership crisis? Um, is there a lot of conflict right now between the chief executive and the board? And the reason we always ask these questions is strategic planning doesn't fix those things. In fact, honestly, if if you're going into a strategic planning process and you're in the middle of a financial crisis or a leadership crisis, uh, really what happens then is your strategic planning process really becomes kind of an 18-month tactical plan about how you're going to move yourself out of that crisis. And 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 so that's good. You need to figure that out, but you probably don't need to go through a long strategic planning process to do that. Honestly, you know, you can do some tactical planning in a month or two months or three months and get out of the crisis even faster. But but so so we always want to start before the planning process even begins. There have been times though where we have seen, oh wait, you know, maybe it wasn't the board was not in the right spot, the chief executive was not in the right spot, and and we'll figure that out, frankly, during the planning process. And then as part of the final plan, this is often again in an appendices. These are not things you want to share with donors, funders, the public, et cetera. But then often we'll have, for example, like a governance development plan. We'll have a a, a staff leadership professional development plan so that so that the board understands where it needs the coaching mentoring support or where it needs to be providing that coaching mentoring and support to their chief executive because you know ultimately if you find yourself in the middle or the end of a planning process and you don't have a right the right leader you really only have two choices and this is true whether we're talking board members or whether we're talking staff leaders one choice is are we going to provide mentoring coaching and support are we going to help them really um, expand and increase or instead are we going to replace that person and most organizations will want to first try the coaching yeah yeah. Okay. So going back to the idea between the difference between strategic thinking and strategic planning, um, is strategic thinking come first and then strategic planning come second? Um, I don't know that it's a first and second. I, I, I actually think in the ideal world, we're always engaged in strategic thinking. Um, and, and so if we are, then we are going to be more effective as an organization, um, and we're going to be more effective as leaders. Strategic planning is just part of that. Okay. So you're an executive director or you're the board of chairman, uh, uh, you're the chairman of the board for the, for the board right now. You're listening to this podcast. What's the, f- and you, and, and they're listening to this because they're like, you know, we're not doing strategic planning or we've done it. It hasn't really worked. You're listening to this podcast for a reason. What's the first thing you think that they should do? Uh, so if someone's saying we've done strategic planning and it's not worked, the, the first thing is to ask yourself why. So there are many reasons why. It could be, and this this does happen, um, unfortunately, more often than than I think organizations would like for it to. Sometimes it's you've, you know, you've completed a plan and then a month later, your board chair and or your executive director decide to leave and 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 suddenly again once again right you know we talk about you go back to those fires and suddenly you're you're finding yourself in this leadership position where you're going oh my gosh we've got to go find a new leader and then that new leader comes on board and and then you think okay we're going to give them some time to get to get acclimated before you ask them to really work on the plan and now you're 18 months down the road and the plan feels outdated so you know so that's always one possibility another possibility again you know is you know is or is individuals get busy and you know even if they don't leave and they just 
don't take the time to implement your strategic plan. And when that happens, I think the questions you have to ask yourself as an organization, first of all, is the plan that we didn't implement, is it still a good plan? Can we, can we just kind of dust it off and fine tune it and implement that plan? And then if it's not, before you engage in a planning process, and, and this is true whether or not you hire a consultant, it takes resources, it takes staff time, it takes board member time to actually do strategic planning and to draft your plan. So ultimately, before you start that process, you need to ask yourself as, as a board, what are we going to do differently? And what are we going to commit to so that we don't take the time to plan and then don't implement it? Because honestly, when that happens, you lose faith funders, with your own staff, with volunteers, et cetera. Yeah. I guess you got to ask first too, is are there enough people here that are going to stay for the long term, right? Um, if you have one foot out the door, then you're going to be wasting a lot of money and you know it's probably not the best time to start doing a strategic plan. Yeah. 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 Like I said, I mean, you know, if, if an organization is having some type of a crisis, whether it's conflict whether it's a financial crisis, a PR crisis, whatever, that's not the time to do strategic planning. Stabilize first, work yourself through that crisis, and then do your planning. Although I did hear that a lot of people during the COVID-19 crisis uh, started doing a lot more strategic planning. Did you, did, were you, did you see that too? So I'll share with you in, in our own in our own practice, we were busy before COVID. We were busy during COVID. And when it, whatever phase of the endemic or pandemic we're in now, we're still busy. So I mean, so so I part of what part of what I think that means is uh, strong organizations are always thinking about planning and they're always asking themselves, how can we be strategic? Is there is there the opposite of that? Weak organizations don't do strategic plans? So I, I won't say that that I won't say that that's a hundred percent true. So, you know, there are some weak organizations that do strategic plans and there are some weak organizations that don't do strategic plans. But here's what I do know. If you're a weak organization, if, you know, whatever you think, oh, our board's not as strong as it could be, or we're not as effective at programming, or, you know, we kind of seem to chase dollars a lot and we're not actually working to grow in any way that is strategic. The only way out of that is to stop and plan. Yeah, it's interesting. The so the the one I'm in, on, I was kind of involved in two different nonprofits um, on the like kind of board fundraising standpoint. The one that's really small, um, they, you know, I got them. Like I said, got them to do this strategic. Got them. I got the executive director to really do a strategic plan, and then you know I kind of went back over. We have a really small board. We're talking small stuff, and. Um, it's just never, we don't have enough board meetings to be able to um, follow through on our executive, on our strategic plan. You know, it's haphazard and I'm not going to, I'm not the chairman. There's, we don't have a board chairman. It's, you know, it's kind of a impromptu. It's, I mean, the, the nonprofit's 10 years old and, you know, they're, I, you know, the executive director's kind of got to run the show. Like, you know, I'm not a, not we don't have a board chairman, so um, it's weird. The executive yeah. director's got to really have a feeling for really. I mean, and it's also a part time job for her too, as well. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. So, so, so I, I mean, I will share with you. Whenever we do strategic planning, we also always do a mini board assessment because 
we're very clear with organizations that if your organization is going to grow, your board has to grow along with that. Yeah. So, you know, so you need to make sure you've got the right officers in place. You've got the right committees and those committees are functioning as well as, and again, this happens in the, ideally in the planning process and the strategic planning process, as well as, you know, is our board meeting frequently enough or in some cases, and we've seen this happen too, where it's, is our board meeting too often? You know, so, you know, so sometimes again, or an organization maybe was in a crisis two years ago. And so the board got into the habit of, of meeting every, every single month with, you know, with some months just regularly scheduled doing two meetings. So now they're meeting like 18 times a year. First of all, that's exhausting for board members. It's exhausting for the staff who have to support the board. But what's more, then the board finds that it's really micromanaging, you know, that the executive director is bringing every single decision. So it's really looking at your meeting frequency as part of your planning process. Are we meeting too often? Are we not meeting enough? Do we have the right leadership on the board so that we can grow as an organization and so that we can do our governance work as a board? Yeah. Um, it's almost like, yeah, you got to have the board in place, right? If we're all ready to go before you're going to do this, I get it. Um, we have a, like a minute left. Um, what is the final like advice that you would give on the the subject strategic thinking, strategic planning, that whole area? So I think the biggest piece of advice I would I would give is think about every decision you make as a strategic opportunity, and that is that is as minute as am I going to take this meeting next week? Am I going to say yes to this meeting next week? Because ultimately when we're talking about strategy, and this is true whether we're talking about strategic thinking or strategic planning, we have to say no more than we say yes. And our no's protect our yeses. That's good advice. It's a really good podcast. I really enjoyed it. It's so interesting. It's like I've done another 400 podcasts now and What's really, you know, I didn't join a board until really significantly until a year ago or a year and a half ago. And um, it's just amazing when I hear guests like yourself and then I actually see the real implementation or lack of implementation of what my guests say. And, um, you know, for, for me being a businessman, it's um, a lot of this is second nature. You know, and so it's easy for me to listen to you and say, oh, yeah, I mean, that's what I do. It's obvious, but, um, but it's, it's, it's actually, you know, putting the pedal to the metal, actually doing it is, is, is the hard part, the execution, right? Absolutely. It, 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 I will say it is the hard part. It's also the exciting part and it's where progress happens. Well, that's good stuff. I'd like to thank you very much, Dolph Goldenberg uh, from Successful Nonprofits for coming on today's podcast. And if you like today's podcast, please feel free to share it with a friend and also subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. And if you like today's podcast, please give us a five-star review on your podcasting app. It really helps us get the word out. And of course, if you're looking for a line of credit for your nonprofit, please uh uh, visit our website at Nonprofit MBA Podcast, where you can get uh, a you know a quote uh, about uh, what it would cost, and if you if you're not approved, then as to why. Um, Dolph, if people want to get a hold of you, how would they go about doing that? The absolute best way is to go to successfulnonprofits.com, and the other way is to make sure that you reach out. 
on iTunes, Spotify, your streaming app of choice, and check out our podcast, which is just the Successful Nonprofits Podcast. Great. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. So I want to thank all our listeners out there. Um, You guys are out there every single day doing all the hard work of making this world a better place. And I thank you for that. We certainly need your help. Um, And, you know, I know Dolph and I are doing our thing in our own little way to helping uh, the world get better. Um, But I just want to remind all our listeners that, that you have to start by taking care of yourself first. You are not good to your cause. You're not good to your family, your friends, your your uh, your kids, whoever. If you don't take care of yourself first, so that means exercising, eating right, uh, you know, sleeping, uh, you know, all the other things that we all know about. But you need to think about that every single day instead of thinking about the other people you're trying to help. If you help yourself, you can help everybody. And I want to thank you again for listening to the Nonprofit MBA podcast. It was a great podcast again. And I look forward to speaking to you on the next podcast. 